Welcome to BCP Unfiltered. I am going to fill in the blank and give you the rest of the story that I could not give you on several of these stories on YouTube. Plus, we're going to cover stories that we didn't even touch over there. Welcome to BCP Unfiltered, folks. This is your show. This is subscriber-supported. I am so grateful because of this, these are the stories I really want to report on that I can't uh, over on big tech. Now, we can't abandon big tech altogether. Not at this point. It's because they are the funnel that feeds into this. This show would not exist. No one would know about this show or come over here if they weren't familiar with what we're doing on YouTube. That's a question we get often, and we're not interested in Rumble. Rumble is not a creator-friendly platform. So let's get into this, folks. Um, we have the latest coming out of Jelaine Maxwell. She was sentenced to 20 years in prison yesterday. Now, if you're not familiar, Jelaine Maxwell was... I didn't uh, kill myself. Jeffrey Epstein's partner, uh, procurer, uh, Madam Pimptress, along with him, as as well as her as his lover. Apparently, she also participated in orgies and abuse of these children. Um, the DOJ knew for years that they were running girls as young as twelve. They didn't do anything. And of course, she was a friend of the Clintons. You've seen the pictures of her at Chelsea's wedding. The child abuser was sentenced to 20 years in prison. Uh, she was found uh, guilty on five of the six counts back in December. Now, she was facing 65 years in prison and only got 20 years. Once again, a perk of being a friend of the Clintons. Prosecutors had actually asked for 30 to 55 years, which is a life sentence for the six-year-old, but the judge handed down a 20-year sentence. So, she could live to see the light of day. Who knows? U.S. District Judge Allison Nathan said the sentence of 240 months was sufficient and no graver than necessary for Maxwell, who early addressed the court and told the victims, I am sorry for the pain that you experienced. Not I'm sorry for what I did. Not sorry. No, this is how sociopaths do it. I am so sorry for the pain that you experienced. I hope my conviction and harsh incarceration brings you pleasures at Maxwell bearing blue jail scrubs, her dark brown locks cut any bob. I don't think uh, Jelaine Maxwell is going to see the light of day in 20 years. She is going to be snuffed in prison or she's also going to commit suicide or have a mysterious death. I don't know, like Andrew Breitbart. Uh, what was his uh, name? Um, Isaac Cappy and a whole bunch of other people that are exposing the elitists in high places who abuse and traffic children. As a matter of fact, there was a great documentary put up today on YouTube. I'm going to put the link down below. I clicked on it because it sounded interesting, and I ended up watching the whole thing this morning, even before producing uh, our show. And... Uh, I'm going to put the link down below to it. It is, uh, it's really good. It's about, uh, it's called uh, Suicided. Suicided. And let me tell you which, it's a, it's a channel that I, of course, it's not coming up on YouTube. But anyway, I'll put, I'll put that up. I'll put the link down below so you can watch. It's a very good 23 minute video about all of the mysterious deaths around the Clintons and 
the Comet Ping Pong, you know, the Pizzagate people. It's not a Pizzagate video, but about Pizzagate, people associated with Clinton and those people as they're looking into and investigating child trafficking that links to the Clintons and people's not high places. It goes through several of the suicides and mysterious deaths. Even if you're familiar with all these uh, things, it was a very good, concise reminder of what's going on. If you have if you have no idea what I'm talking about when I talk when I say things like um, Haiti, the Clintons, Comet Ping Pong, Pizza, uh, James Alephantis, um, what was her name? Uh, Salisbury, the woman that was trying to traffic children out of Haiti and got uh, off the hook from the Clintons. If you have no idea. Uh, about Lincoln Park um, frontman or um, Soundgarden's frontman mysteriously hanging themselves, then you need to watch this. It's, it's not too long. It's about 20, I'll say less than 25 minutes, definitely less than half an hour. I'm going to link it down below. So only 20 years for her. Maxwell sentencing marked the end of the federal criminal proceedings against her in the Southern District of New York, where she was brought after her arrest at a sprawling New Hampshire estate in July 2020. And guess what? We still don't have the list, the book, or the people in high places that were involved in this uh, in using the trafficking services of her and Jeff Epstein. We don't. People have seen it. They know it. And mum's the word. Because what happens? You die. You die. Okay, I reported earlier on Virginia Thomas. This is Clarence Thomas's wife uh, giving the finger essentially to the January 6th committee and how her lawyer, Mark uh, Pallotta, said she did, he does not understand the need to speak with Ms. Thomas and indicated she is willing if they can provide further information regarding their actions. Well, we know this is all about anyone question. They're trying to make it a crime. There's several things they're doing here with Jenny Thompson. Uh, Jenny Thomas, excuse me. They're trying to make it, first of all, a crime for anyone, anywhere, any shape or form in any part of society that pushes back on the false narrative that Joe Biden was duly elected. We had a stolen election in 2020. And they're trying to criminalize it with crime thought, thought crime. Even thinking that Joe Biden or knowing that Joe Biden is a fake president is a crime. That's what they're trying to do. Also, they're trying to, by going after Clarence Thomas's wife, they're trying to delegitimize the work that the greatest black conservative patriot living right now is doing, and that would be Clarence Thomas. So they are, and here, let me read the rest of this to you. Before I can recommend that she meet with you, this is Ginny Thomas's lawyer. I am asking the committee to provide a better justification for why Mrs. Thomas's testimony is relevant to the committee's legislative purpose. It's obviously not necessary for a legislative purpose. Remember, this is a legislative investigation. They have no power to pursue criminal action. We saw this when the Russia gate hoax. All the stuff came out that Jim Jordan and, and, and Matt Gates and uh, Devin Nunes uh, uncovered. A whole bunch of stuff was uncovered, but nothing ever happened of it because they're the legislative branch. They are not an executive branch that has power over the Department of Justice, nor are they a judiciary branch. But that doesn't seem to matter when it comes to the Democrats going after essentially their third impeachment of President Trump, trying to keep him from winning in 2024 
because they know that most people know they cheated and it'd be really hard for them, though not impossible, to cheat in 2024, even though it looks like they're well in their way of cheating the election of 2022, the midterms. Her attorney argued that the emails John Eastman produced to the committee provide no basis to interview Ginny Thomas. Now, what is it about these emails? This is where I, I couldn't elaborate on YouTube because you can't report anything that shows that they were pushing back against the false win, the stolen election of 2020. In their quest for the interview, the committee wrote that it had re recently obtained additional information regarding John Eastman's activities as it related to Thomas. In your June 16, 2022 letter, you based the interview request on a subpoena connection between Mrs. Thomas and John Eastman. The select committee has obtained evidence that they had certain communication with John Eastman during this time period. We believe you have the information concerning John Eastman's plans and activities relevant to our investigation. But the committee has not identified this alleged invest, uh, evidence, he noted. Instead, press reports have insinuated that Mrs. Thomas and Mr. Eastman were engaged in a plan to overturn the presidential election results. Indeed, leaks from this committee have led reporters to write that recently produced emails from Mr. Eastman show that Thomas's efforts to overturn election were more extensive than previously known. But as you are aware, Mr. Eastman's emails show no such thing. So, Ginny Thomas's, in short, Ginny Thomas's lawyers are saying you don't need to speak to her. This is all about the Eastman emails, which you haven't even produced that don't show anything. But you've just leaked it to the press to give a spin that Ginny Thomas was somehow involved in an overturn of the uh, of the government because Eastman was talking about legitimate concerns and ways to combat the steal. So uh, Eastman went on, Eastman published a Substack um, after this news broke that the committee wanted to interview uh, Thomas in which he posted all of the alleged communications between him and 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 Thomas this is uh, this is the attorney Eastman and the substack included a copy of an email in which Thomas asked Eastman to give an update about election litigation to a group she met with periodically so nothing wrong with the wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas talking to people about litigation that never went forward or was allowed to go forward against the rigging if there's a problem with Jimmy Thomas having her First Amendment rights, then Hunter Biden's ass should be in jail for being uh, a puppet of the CCP of Russia and for being a sick, drug-riddled, addicted, pedophile, and deviant. Once again, uh, Paletta argued that the text messages to former Chief of Staff Meadows are her personal views and her personal capacity as a private citizen. Just like Hunter is around sitting there uh, poking his business around in disgusting whores, sluts, and uh, no shaming here, folks. These are prostitutes of the nastiest variety. Not that there's really a ranking of them, but you've seen the pictures of some of the people that he's around. He likes them dirty because he's dirty himself. But that's his business as a private citizen. So give that to Ginny Thomas. I had, a, I had two versions of my YouTube video that went up today. The first version was under review for monetization for like two hours. So I had modified it. And the one that went up uh, today, Wednesday, is a three or four minute shorter version of what I originally reported on because I had to take a story out. And that's this story here from The Hill. Democrats unveiling transgender Bill of Rights. 
And in there, I, I didn't even talk much about this. I just talked about with all the things going on, what do the House Democrats worry about? Not about war, not about inflation, not about all these other issues that we have, not about our border, not about fentanyl coming in, killing our folks. No, about transgender Bill of Rights. I even tried to hide what I was saying by calling them T people, but the algorithm, the AI at YouTube is always getting smarter and they knew exactly what I was talking about. Even though I wasn't really talking about the bill, I was talking about how this is a priority for the Democrats, something that is a minuscule part of our population when there are more important things they should be working on. So a group of House Democrats yesterday, according to The Hill, announced they would move to codify federal prosecution for transgender people. The proposal, dubbed the Transgender Bill of Rights, could codify the Supreme Court's 2020 Bostock versus Clayton County decision that protects employees against discrimination for being gay or transgender. The proposal would amend the Civil Rights Act of 64 to explicitly include protection for men who want to take away women's rights by identifying as women and expand access to gender-affirming care and ban conversion therapy. So this is what they want to do. They wanted to expand the 64 Civil Rights Act and give more access to sex change operations. I love it gender-affirming care, and ban conversion therapy. Now, it would require the Attorney General to designate a liaison dedicated to overseeing the enforcement of civil rights for transgender people and invest community services to prevent anti-transgender violence. More of our wasted money and an, an issue that most Americans don't care about. But there you have it. That's a story I had to cut out of my original YouTube video earlier today. While we're at it, how about this story they also reported on that uh, Travis Barker, the drummer for Blink-182 and Kourtney Kardashian's husband is rushed to the hospital after suffering medical issues um, as of the time that I'm recording this. Let me see if there's an update. Uh, they're still being reported that uh, there's no official statement yet and they don't know what the uh, unknown medical issue is. But we do know that yesterday in the morning, Travis Barker had tweeted out, uh, God save me. And that his daughter um, was also asking for uh, prayers. And the question that I had was, was he vaccinated? When you have a fairly young guy, I mean, I don't know. I don't really know if he's a drug or whatever. I don't know he's all inked up. Uh, I'm not into ink, but, you know, I do have a friend that, you know, he's got this. Actually, I've got several friends that are into tats and what have you. Not my cup of tea. Some of you may have them. Doesn't mean that you're a drug addict. Doesn't mean that you're unhealthy physically. You see a lot of these gym bros and gym rats, they're all tatted up and they live healthy. So the question is, did Travis Barker, was he vaccinated? If you have the answer to that, put it down. All I know is that in my quick search to find the answer, all I got was a whole bunch of debunking videos that didn't answer the question, just said, oh, People will automatically jump to the conclusion that the vaccination is why Travis Barker went to the hospital. So if anyone knows the answer to that, please put it in the comment section below. Okay, guess what? The FDA is doing. Here is CNBC yesterday. FDI, oh, sorry, FDI, FDA panel recommends changing COVID shots. That's right. The FDA panel recommends that they redesigned the COVID-19 shot, we're not going to call it a vaccine because that's an oxymoron, to fight Omicron variants that are going to be coming out this fall. 
of course, just in time for them to steal the midterms yet again. Here's according to CNBC, the Food and Drug Administration's panel of independent vaccine experts yesterday voted 19-2 to to recommend new COVID-19 shots that target the Omicron variant this fall when public health officials are expecting a new wave of infections. It is the first time the panel proposed that vaccine makers modify the shots to target a different variant. Of course it is. Pfizer, Moderna, they're all making the big bucks and the FDA is just rubber stamping whatever it takes for them to make the big bucks and then those treasonous, traitorous, corrupt rat bastards can get their kickbacks. Pfizer, Moderna, Novavax, and Johnson & Johnson all developed their vaccines against the original strain. But as the virus has rapidly evolved over the course of the pandemic, the vaccines have become less effective. Or they never were effective. And they give you COVID. And of course, this is all going to be ready in time for the fall booster campaign. Isn't that just a coinky dink? All right, folks, I want to play for you this amazing Amazing that Dr. Fauci would actually admit this. Admit it or say it. I don't know if it's true. I don't believe anything comes out of Fauci. But he confirms that the horrible fake COVID treatment that he took for COVID doesn't work. It doesn't work. It gives you uh, the virus again and it just doesn't work. I'm talking about Paxlovid. Listen. Minimal symptoms about two weeks ago with very minimal symptoms when they increased I given my age I went on Paxlovid for five days he had very minimum symptoms but they gave him Paxlovid of course they did because we spent billions of dollars in taxpayers pushing this drug that doesn't work while at the same time they were villainizing hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin that do work because they can't make money off of a relatively safe and already proven effective, easily available pill. They've got to have something new and shiny to sell the masses. And I felt really quite well, just a bit of rhinorrhea and fatigue. And after I finished the five days of Paxlovid, I reverted to negative on an antigen test for three days in a row. Uh, And then on the fourth day, just to be absolutely certain, I tested myself again And I reverted back to positive by the antigen test. So he took it, took Paxlovid, even though he wasn't feeling too sick, just a little rundown. After three days, he's fine. But for the hell of it, I think I'll take another antigen test on the fourth day. And he has it again. But listen listen what happens to him after he takes it for the second time. Like, why would you take it a second time? So it was sort of what people are referring to as a Paxlovid rebound. And then over the next day or so, I started to feel really poorly, much worse than in the first go around. So he took Paxlovid. Okay, let's remind you that supposedly Anthony Fauci is vaccinated. So he's vaccinated and Paxlovid is not supposed to be given to someone who's, who's vaccinated anyway. So he doesn't even follow his the own medical advice. He's feeling a little rundown. The symptoms aren't too bad. So he gets a test. He has COVID. He takes Paxlovid. Feels good for three days. Takes takes a test the fourth day. He has it. And now he's worse than he was the first go around, which was worse than just the symptoms he originally got. So he wasn't feeling too bad. 
took this, started feeling pretty bad, felt better, took it, and now he's feeling even worse. Why would anyone listen to these dumbasses? Why would you make yourself feel worse? Forget everything else. What happened to common sense? So I went back on Paxlovid, and right now I am on my fourth day of a five-day course of my second course of Paxlovid. And fortunately, I feel reasonably good. I mean, I'm not completely without symptoms, but I certainly don't feel acutely ill. About so he takes it again. Only a moron would do that. But hey, folks, look, none of these studies, none of these things, everything was rubber stamps, mean anything. Okay. Now, listen to this. Fauci and Burks used a study from the Imperial College to convince President Trump to shut down the economy in 2020. Okay. This faulty advice led to the suffering of millions of people around the world after many nations followed the U.S.'s lead in the shutdown. Okay. Now, this all happened because a study from Imperial College of London said that shutting down the economy was the way, way to go, which of course never should have happened. Now, it should come as no surprise that the same, the same college has a whole bunch of individuals behind a new garbage study that the CDC is using to force the jab poison on children. The BS study used by the CDC to, to force COVID-19 jabs on children compared annual data from other causes of death to two years of COVID deaths and used that false comparison to complain that COVID is a leading death of young, uh, in young children. And it's not even in the top 10, by the way. A number of the, of the researchers and authors that the CDC is using to push the COVID vaccine on children are from the Imperial College in London, the same people that led to the unnecessary and disastrous lockdown. And so that these people are name is out there in the ether. We're talking about Charles Whitaker, Theo Rashid, Alexandro Blankensop, H. Juliet T. Unwin, Samir Bhatt, Oliver Ratman. They all made this claim and they're all tied to the Imperial College. Let's talk abortions. Tennessee's six-week ban on abortion takes place, takes effect immediately. On Tuesday, a federal court allowed Tennessee's six-week ban on abortion to take effect immediately after an emergency petition was filed by the state's attorney general last week following the U.S. Supreme Court's decision to overturn federal abortion rights. I I suspect that this was going to happen. I suspect it's going to happen um, on these other ones that we're seeing like out of Utah. The sixth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals action comes before Tennessee's so-called trigger law is set to take effect. Both measures would make performing an abortion a felony and subject doctors to potential prison time. Tennessee currently has a trigger law that is set to be enacted 30 days after the ruling. It will essentially ban all abortions when it takes effect. It bans abortions for fetuses at six weeks when a fetal heartbeat can detect it or at eight weeks overall. So there we go. There we go. Tennessee six-week ban on abortion to take effect, take effect right away. Now, I also reported on YouTube earlier today that Bed Bath & Beyond is so trying to save money 
that they're actually shutting down or turning down the a uh, turning up the AC or turning down the AC, I guess. Turning up the thermometer on their AC in their stores to save money, cutting hours, cutting labor. Isn't it funny that this is really essentially a go woke, go broke? Bed and Beth and Beyond, Bed Bath and Beyond a year ago dropped my pillow. And now they can barely keep the lights on. What are your thoughts, folks, on any of these stories that I've covered so far? Put it down below if you're watching it on Locals or you're watching it on bcpextras.com. Have some more stories for you, folks. Don't know. That wasn't the end. Just wanted to hear your thoughts so far. Now, I told you that the Biden administration is looking at setting up abortion providers on federal lands in red states that ban abortions. Well, Senator Elizabeth Warren had a specific suggestion, and that is that the Biden administration put abortion tents on federal lands in banned states because there's nothing better than getting your abortion from your abortion from a provider in a tent, not in a nice, clean, more ideal facility. This is according to the left. We need all this funding because women's health is in danger and should be performed by professionals in professional settings. Yet she is calling for tents in the middle of nowhere on federal land in states that do not, that have trigger laws and will otherwise uh, also overturn Roe v. Wade in their own ways. By the way, uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, this is going to upset my Catholic brothers and sisters, I'm sure, received communion while attending papal mass at the Vatican despite her public support for abortion and being barred from receiving communion in her hometown as a result. I wanted to just sneak in those last few stories. Go ahead and put your comments in the comment section. I look forward to reading them. We will be back tomorrow with another episode of BCP Unfiltered. We appreciate you being here and we appreciate your support. Gotta give us what we want. Uh. Gotta give us what we need. Hey. <laughs> Our